Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKeese. And I'm Don Griffin. Well, that goes so much better when we can see each other while we it do does, it. It does, oh right? I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> this is when. Okay, so what's new in the neighborhood? That's yeah. your daily show, right? Yes, it is. Well, I'm going to tell you what's new in my neighborhood. Okay. Okay. That's pretty good. Because um, nice uh, in my neighborhood is a street called Dixie. Wanda? Okay. No, that's a fish. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, a, a street called Dixie, and the and our neighborhood listserv has been... Um, Wanting to change the wanting name. to change the name and circulating a uh, petition, which I happily signed. Um, Is it named after a person? Well, so lots of lots of research so? happened on this for the listserv because I live in a neighborhood of, of uh, very well informed people who sure. research a lot of stuff. Okay, and so. Um, there was the Dixie Highway going through town, and there were the plats of land were called Dixie Highway Plat. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I don't think that, like, I don't think someone was like, oh, I wish Bloomington were the Confederacy. I'm going to name this street Dixie and maybe get that ball rolling. Um, but it does pull that up now. Like, that's, that's what it's associated with now. Okay. Although, whenever I heard it, I just thought of like a little fairy because I think I must have been, I don't know, I thought of like flowers and a fairy. Dixie? I don't know anything about a Dixie fairy, but that's just me. So there's this long thread about it, and at the end, someone just said, stop talking about it, and it looks like we did, which I, <laughs> I yeah. can't even, I'm like, really? Like, okay. Wow, Okay. I was interested in that because also someone pointed out that the entire discussion was, uh, it was initiated by a woman of color uh, who's not black, though. Okay. Um, And so part of the conversation was, is this a bunch of privileged white people doing something that is actually nothing, or is this meaningful? Um. It's a little bit of both, kind of like a farmer's market situation, if we want to go back to that. like, There's two things. There's what message do you want to send and also making real change. So kind of like the Black Lives Matter being written on a street. I think that's a town saying, we support you. However, if that's all you're doing, then that's the problem. I think it's, it's okay to write Black Lives Matter on your street or change your sign from Dixie to Pixie Pixie or something else. I think that's great as long as you're not, okay, we're done. We fixed racism. We fixed what, yeah, we fixed racism. <laughs> as long as that's not your stance and, and we can go on, then then I don't think anything's wrong with it. In fact, it's kind of nice. 
What are you gonna do? Don't name it Martin Luther King. I, maybe you can. I don't know. <laughs> Martin Luther King Street going straight yeah. through Bryant Park. Going Martin, that would be hilarious. <laughs> um. So uh, you know, it, I think it's imp- like it felt important to me to to change it. Not, but not not like that was the only thing we would do. But like, I was thinking of 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 hanging a Confederate flag, for example, and like the gut reaction. That I that I have, and I'm white. When I see it, I get like this little, and I imagine that that happens for black people. Uh, no, I, I've never. I, I never even. I have passed that neighborhood. Hell, I sold you the land, the house on that street. I never once have ever thought of it as, hey, this is strange. This is the. But then again. This is the life I live. We live yeah. within a life uh, like this is our environment. We see things and we don't think about it because it's our normal. So you racism is baked into our everyday life. Into so, what we do, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it really is. I mean, I don't know how many. I can think of all my cousins and African American friends. Uh, we all watched the Dukes of Hazard, just like we. You know, we all loved Kiss at the time. It had nothing to do with whether or not Kiss was white or black or, you know, or watching Hazard, Dukes of Hazard. With the car was cool. We all had little model Dukes of Hazard. But we, then again, we did not you know. You had a little model of course. car with it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Everybody loved the General Lee. Are you kidding me? Yeehaw. <laughs> and then, you, you know, the ramps. I mean, everybody did. White, black everybody every kid not of me. that age well no you're not a you're you're a, i mean i hate you no actually i was forbidden were you really yeah well that, that's my, my dad got it into his head that i was gonna try these that i was gonna try these driving things. oh really <laughs> and he was like he had like been involved and known about like a a someone who really got hurt doing it and he's oh like that's God. just encouraging kids to drive well, cars off ramps i mean we used to drive our bike ride our bikes off of ramps we'd make all do you remember making ramps kevin like you just did that you know oh yeah. can we go higher <laughs> and, and sometimes you'd end up on the other side of your handlebars i mean you would just guys just did that but uh is it racist now that you know and and in that case, like the older, like it should have never, shit, it should have never been on TV if you think about it. Right, I mean, the older people should have been like, this is the adults, as they're called. Yes. But and it, it made me think, like when so when you're describing that with like Dukes of Hazard and watching that and having that be like your fun thing to watch, and I'm thinking of how like when I would watch a movie that didn't have any girls doing anything meaningful in it that I would identify, I would choose one of the men in it to one of the like boy characters to identify with, you know, like stand by me, for example, I'm like, Oh, I'm like that one. And, and that person over there is like the older brother. And, you know, like, even though we were all, I think we all do that. I mean, I, I, you know, it was always like, I'm going to be Bo. You could be Duke. No, I'm going to be Duke this time. No, you be like, like we, we did that shit. But but no one wanted. I don't ever. Rem- well, 
what were you gonna say about Daisy? Did Duke? anyone want to be Daisy? Like, I mean, I think maybe I don't. I don't. Not 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 anybody I was playing with at the time. I mean, and but, so so, but you don't notice it then. But I do. But I think it has a long term cost. Is what I like now when I go back and I watch movies that I like passionately loved as a younger person. Mm-hmm. And I see them more through my kids' eyes now because, I, you know, when you become a parent, a lot of stuff changes in how you see the world. And so I want, I want my kids to see themselves and to see themselves as, as uh, I don't want to say heroes because I don't want to get into this whole like... Uh, no, but I get it. But, but I want that and I look and I'm like, wait, the, the princess in this show doesn't do anything other than complain and try to pierce her chest with a knife like what she doesn't do anything good or interesting but it was okay because that's not who I identified with in the movie when I watched it yeah I mean I hate to beat up on John Hughes because that seems to be a a repetition thing I know but But he happened to be the you know he represents what who we were in the eighties, and in in and what our high school lives was supposed to look like, and like sixteen candles candles is really a bad movie. Yeah. Yep. If you think about it, I mean, isn't she? She's trying to lose, find the right guy to lose her virginity to, and she loves this one guy. Like it's cr- the rich guy who, then basically, remember at the end. I I cannot pull up anything other than I can't believe they forgot my birthday that's like the only memory that i can pull up of that because that's the line i know but you bleep it but that that's the line from the movie that was the iconic line right yeah but what we need to to remember is that he had anthony michael hall take his drunk girlfriend home here you take her home you know what do whatever you want to or she's not she's gonna assume that you're me he actually that. says that in the movie. And then they end up, she wakes up and she's half, she's drunk, she wakes up in the morning in the car and, and he's like, and she's surprised and he's like, was I okay? And she's like, surprisingly, as I recall, I think you were. And that was like, and it's like, wait a minute, date rape just happened. Like, like this is, and the hero is the one the guy who is the hero who this girl loves is the one that that did that. Yeah. That was like here, like treated her like she was. It's such a very, very, very f***ed up movie. <laughs> Even the characters, the Asian characters and the Long Wan Dong and I mean just, yeah. oh my God, right? And, 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 and the thing is, is that most of our peers they still love these movies. I'm, I'm, why am I on this? Why did we get on? I, I'll you just, you just have a thing for John Hughes. It's a lot like our real life in the sense that, you know, how you viewed, how other people viewed our high school and what we went through is different than my experience. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, for me, all of the research, I felt like, you know, that people are sharing like this research and that research on the neighborhood listserv and it just didn't seem entirely relevant to me. Like it doesn't matter where it came from. 
doesn't matter if it was after like some really cute dog or grandma dixie or like i don't know whatever it i don't think it matters because what it means now and you can't like have a street sign that says dixie you know after the cute dog on it it just says dixie and so um to me changing it and apparently you would know this but you don't have to change the title when you do that it just that will happen as the property gets sold again down the line like you don't we wouldn't all have to like go in and get our we wouldn't have to have fancy meetings to get it done to okay get it i didn't done. know that yeah well someone called the title company and asked if they can get the uh okay you'd have to change your address you'd have to i don't know but i feel like the post office assuming it still exists could m- figure out a name change like that i mean it's like a street that's what a it's not a mile long. Does it go very far west? It's on both sides. You got West Dixie and East Dixie. And I think it's next to Clan. Next to what? Yeah, there's a road called Clan. No, there is not a road called the Clan. <laughs> oh my God. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You, you, somebody decides, I'm going to name the neighborhood out of groups of people. Like, okay, this is the club, and this is my gang, and this is the Clan. <laughs> You know? I'm like sitting there. I, I thought I misheard you. I'm like, there's a street that sounds like Clan. No, like what is that? You know, because you can name as a developer, you can name things. You know, a lot of people name things after their family members. You know, right? So or whatever you want, or they name things after birds or trees. There's a lot of neighborhoods that name things after trees. So this is Sycamore Street, and this is Elm Street, and this is yeah. You yeah. know, so I don't know. Yeah. So, so you're Dixie, yeah. But but the other thing was, so to get back to it, was someone's pointing out that there there weren't any black people saying change it. And I was and I was remembering some of our earlier conversations about white people um, commandeering social justice movements and like stepping in like I can do it, I know what to do. But I think that in this particular case, it is reasonable for the white people who live on the street to take action to change the name without waiting for any black people to say, you know, I don't like that name. There's no black people in your neighborhood. <laughs> there, there might be one couple, one person. I, no, actually, they probably live in my neighborhood. I don't. I can't. I mean, I'm wrong. I haven't been on every single street in your neighborhood, but I doubt there's any African Americans on your listserv. No, I'm sure they are on the listserv because I think it's people that have lived there in the past too and what there still would be very very few yeah we're pretty white yeah you're pretty white but i mean the city is pretty white but i mean if we're going to do this what about washington and jefferson and what what do we got washington jefferson grant uh lincoln lincoln i mean we, we got yeah. a grant street right Mm-hmm. Ew. yep that's not good what's that one guy forget yeah, do we have? We've got a Jackson. Do we I have a Jefferson? We, we've got Jackson Creek. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, then we got to start. We 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 got to start looking at all this. I mean, and but Indiana Dixie University seems is particularly obvious to me. Okay. Yes. Like, did you see my post about on Would Facebook you? about? I remembered that in Sounds of South. Oh, talk about that a little bit. Okay. 
All right. So I was in this group called Sounds of South. It was our high school, uh, it was our high school choir. And there's a song called American Trilogy. It's a very popular song. I guess Elvis is popular because Elvis sang it. Our teacher at the time also, she was in a Miss America pageant. She was Miss Kentucky. And so she won Mrs. Kentucky singing the uh, American, the American Trilogy song. And so it's kind of a thing that we always sing. I think they may still sing it to this day. I have to ask my son, he was in it briefly. But we sang that, there was a Martin Luther King celebration, like one of the first Martin Luther King celebrations. It was probably 87. Uh-huh. And so it was and it wasn't quite a na- it wasn't a national holiday yet, I don't think. Okay. I could be wrong. I'd have to look that up. Or it could have been the first year that it became a national holiday. But anyway, we were invited to sing in the rotunda at the uh, the courthouse for Martin Luther the Martin Luther King celebration. And we sang this song American Trilogy. And I don't know what it is. Well, the, 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 it. it's, it's, a, it's a mixture. It's like a melody. It's like a, what do you call it? Not a melody. What oh, do you call I it? do remember it now. Oh, my gosh. It's got the Dixie part in it. The right? half the damn song is really the Dixie song. And that's American. It's American Trilogy. Oh, my God. It, like, all came flooding oh, back to I me. I can remember it. in the land of cotton. Old times there are not forgotten. Look away. Oh my God! That's, that's how it starts in Dixieland. That's where I was born. Yeah, da, 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 that's da, not okay. Da, da, da. Yeah, so we we sang that for Martin Luther King's celebration, and we may have done it more than once. I just can't remember. I just remember feeling extremely awkward, and there was like there there was only there was I me and one Carmen other. Brown. Yeah. And by that time, she'd probably been in South to South for, for a couple of years then. And, and, and you do things because we're trying to blend in so much. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Just like everybody else does not want to stick out and does not want to be any different at that, in that age bracket, mm-hmm. right? You're not, very few of us are trying to be individuals. Right. So for us to come out and say... Hey, out of forty people, this is wrong. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, they would have said that you were like uh, thin-skinned or overreacting, um, too sensitive. Like, don't you know that slavery ended? So, and, and we had this beloved teacher who loved this song. So we're not gonna rock the boat. And it's, it's, it's actually very well done, to be honest. Well, I'm sure you and, were and, and awesome. Of, and of course... Singing the racist song. <laughs> and, and, and of course, you know, old people, you could see them crying about the whole damn thing. But uh, but no, it, it, it was embarrassing. And I remember my parents being like, do you realize what you've done? You, do you realize you've So sang? they talked to you about that? Yeah, they were shocked. Absolutely shocked. Did they have like hopes for what you would do in that situation? Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't. Or were they just like, "This sucks." Just sucks. Yeah. Think about it. My parents at that. At my parents in that. You know, they're just trying to fit in. Right. If they came in, they still would have been like troublemaker parents. They wouldn't you, have been like. Yeah, uh, you. You're, they're just trying to fit in. It's already hard enough. I mean, you're you're trying to fit in socioeconomically. 
you're trying to fit in you, you understand you're mm-hmm. trying to do all these things like every it, you're just trying to live and survive yeah and so no my parents i think in 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 the house that's an inside conversation there's probably frustration that happens within a house at you like you like you've done something too mm-hmm. so it's it, i'm not saying my parents you know punished me or anything but I think they were almost disappointed in me. Like I had something to do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, they didn't have any place where they could actually put that. Yeah. You, you, you do. And I think we're all doing that. If you see, if you, if you notice, there's oh, things that, yeah. are, that, that are happening in this world that we can't control. And so a, a lot of tension. Goes to the prob- stuff we can't control. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they were no different than anybody else. But, yeah, I think they are just trying to survive, right? And they're spending gobs of money on extracurricular activities like marching band and like Sounds of South and like all this other stuff. And the problem is I've never said, I I never spoke up and said anything to my teacher and said, this is wrong. Well, I don't know that you, I don't know that there was an audience for you there. I don't think so. Interesting. I, you know, we just, we keep, uh, I almost sounded optimistic. No, what were we going to say? Try to sound I was going to say, like, we keep learning and isn't that great, but that has not been my vibe the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, like, the more I read and learn, then I keep learning how much of everything that is a part of our fabric of society it like comes out of white supremacy but basically i'm i'm hearing like this debate over is it class is it race and it's sort of like is dixie named after a dog or is dixie named after the south because to me the oppression has its roots in white supremacy whether it's against poor white people or poor black people or poor immigrants like what whatever mm-hmm. direction it's going it has its roots in white supremacy and being able to look at how racism plays in our lives matters in figuring this stuff out so does that make sense no it Am does I, making sense? I i i gotta say though there is a class system in place right but the narrative but but i think it's a fallacy to believe that you can price yourself out of color. It's a fallacy to believe that. It, it happens no matter what station in life, no matter what class you are, oh, right. you're still African-American. I am blessed in the sense that I... You could call the chief of police and talk to him if you wanted to. Yeah, I guess I, guess I could I mean, you've got you've got enough contacts and clout and success that people look to you and and take you seriously yeah but i'm still black but you're still black i I would say they take you they take me seriously more serious more seriously than if you didn't have any resources there you go yeah but if you don't know me or know what i mean that sounds weird too. I no, hate but to no, say that. Like, it's ugh. it's accurate. And I think this is why but 
and even even how I have to work, okay, even the things that I do, when you're African American, you are never established. It's never about what I've done in the past. I have to continue to do new things. I can never just be established and say, okay, but have you seen my record? It's going to be like, okay, so, but what are you doing now? No, but I have this record. I can sell your house. I sell, you know, I sell millions of houses. I've sold $300 million worth of houses, you know, plus. Mm -hmm. So, but I always have to continue to prove myself. Yeah. Kind of like Obama. It was never what he did. Like, we still don't talk about the things that he did. We don't talk about, you, you know, they're like, man, if he can just, if he can change the economy, if it can, then he's going to be awesome. Okay, so economy started booming, right? Yeah, but you know what? He still hasn't gotten that Osama bin Laden, right? Yeah. Like, if we if we had a Republican in, that would happen. Boom, he did, he does it. Then the it's, bar moves he, he keep, They keep moving the bar. Yeah. It's not, you're never established. It, it, okay, so, and just like women, I think women and men, we can, we can bust through the glass ceiling. Women and, and black, mm -hmm. black people can bust through that glass ceiling eventually, right? But there, there is no support once you're up there. If you mess up once, they're pushing you off. They're pushing you off the ledge. And you're still playing in a game that you don't want to play. Uh, you're playing in a game that is not invented for you. Yeah, it's not, it's not made for you. There is a class system that, you know, in, in, in the United States based on, on income and based mm -hmm. on worth. But it doesn't save you from racism. I was thinking about the term white trash and that we tend to talk about trashy Kroger, right? Okay. Versus Krogucci. Okay. The, and I, I do that too. I believe that, that part of why we don't set up things to care for each other in a way that makes sense is that um, is rooted in this belief of, of stratification and inequity. And it started here with white supremacy in the form of either slavery or um, just running people off their land because we wanted it. Mm -hmm. No other reason, just we thought we'd like it better. <laughs> like Maybe we should just call that those folks the man, like the man up here. The man. They are running things and they have created this mentality where they, they have gotten poor white folks and poor black folks to go against each other. Right, to, to because, scramble. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, they've convinced these the poor white folks that they, that, that they don't want to be taken care of because one day, one day these people can, these poor white people can be, maybe they're going to be one of the rich people that are running things. Yeah. Well, I think it all comes out of like our roots in in what built this country and what created our society and in what we value. You look at like COVID and the United States and we can't figure it out because we we can't 
fathom a world where we have to think about other people as much as we do ourselves. But and that's what te- you have to do for COVID. That's what I'm saying. But who's teaching that? It's not. It's not the wealthy uh, conservatives that are going without masks. Not really. But they're willing no, to convince the. They. They're, it's. They can stay they, home and send people out. I think COVID is like getting drunk, and that like it pulls out that stuff that you thought you could hide. Like the United States is drunk on COVID and is showing its ass. Yeah, it's just weird, though. It, it is weird how they've divided, how, how it is, they've created a masked society and a maskless society that also loves the Dixie flag, that also loves, yes, hates Black Lives Matter, that also, how and the wants hell to save the children. did the, you understand? How did, I'm so confused, right? How did, how did this become a statement yeah on on what side of on what side you're on when it comes to racial injustice and everything else yeah i think it comes down to the stories we tell we have a narrative going about covid as well there's a story about that the story of how superior we are um, but it's not going to be like the authentic story that we are struggling and trying to figure out how to take care of each other. And our health, our uh, hospital and health system it, at the beginning was not equipped at all to handle these cases. And our health insurance system was set up to punish people. And our working system that, that ties insurance to employment and makes it so that you can have insurance that decides whether or not you get treatment the same as someone else like that basically doles out you live you die stuff is is part of our story about american success like we're good at this we're good at we're the best in the world we're the best yeah um and and in order for us to maintain that story we have to not see the truth like we have to work really hard and covid is making us work really hard not to see it right you know what you make a good point because we we all black white we are all so proud of being part of this american exceptionalism like we can always say yeah it's it's bad here as a black person but god i wouldn't want to be in such and such. Yeah, or that's God, what, at least it's be, not. Yeah, I'm so proud to be an American, you know, like. Yeah. And, and we, when we talk about people kneeling, the football, the, the, the African-American football players kneeling. Yeah. They changed the story to say that, like, black people against the military. And they are brown people against the military. And they, they, they stop to forget about all the African Americans and people of color that are actually, actually in, serving yeah. military serving in the, you should see the the freaking numbers are are, are are when 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 40% of the people I may be wrong about this but 40% of the armed forces are, are people of color whether it's Philippines whether it's African Americans mm-hmm. uh, American Indians or not not American Indians Native Americans we're all uh part of this system and they created a narrative to say 
that assumes that the armed forces are white. Yeah. Far are that more poli- white. Are that yeah. the police are wh- the, the the whole blue line thing? Like we're we're it, they're trying to create that narrative that it's you're either blue line or you, you, like my dad was a police officer. A lot there are a lot of mm-hmm. African American police. That doesn't mean that the police force is not racist. Right. The protests are repeatedly asking us just to not look away from this, to, to keep look keep seeing this veil of American exceptionalism for what it is. You know, I have something I know I have something I want to play with. Yeah, I know you did. I'm ready for it. And maybe it's a longer conversation. Maybe we can just give a preview. Okay. Start chewing on it, and then we can chew on it more next time. Okay. So, so I've been thinking. I have this big game theory. Um, You mean like shooting elephants, or? Yeah, like shooting elephants, like shooting, um, like that adrenaline, that rush to, uh, you know, these guys that go hunting for. Uh-huh. Elk and the biggest elk okay. and the biggest... Okay, all right. So you did mean, you literally meant big game big hunting. Big game what... hunting type thing. And there's this... And they get a rush. There, there's there's a rush that when you can go ahead and kill something that's stronger or bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And it's something to brag about and it's something to... to it's something to have a... Tr- you know, to, to make a trophy to out of it. To make a trophy out of it. Yeah. Show it off. And I'm wondering if that is wrapped into the mentality of police brutality against black men. Ooh, say more about that. I'm wondering I if they if see. they get if they get more hyped when they're going against when they're able to put down a black man. It's it's definitely true that dehumanization plays a role. In violence, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. The problem is is that there's this perception that a black guy is right. big. Yeah, so that's it could what be a, it could be a with. small black guy. Yeah. But it's 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 the perception. It's the perception of I mean, danger of Yeah, high strength. you know, this guy yeah, and, and you follow me? There's yeah. something there. And I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a person who but but I, I just started to think about you know is the same mentality that when these guys go hunting and they brag about what they've bagged is the same thing happening in the police department I see what I'm saying might be too deep to go into right now maybe we get other people to comment on that it's a us versus them. It's a stratification and it's a like obedience type thing too. Like the, I don't know, there's a public defender that posts things on Facebook. I don't know if you see his stuff, but he was posting about one of his clients that was arrested because she asked her like partner if he was okay while the police were talking to him. And they arrested her for like whatever the charges for making loud noise after being arrested. <laughs> and that's a thing. And, and this person has had to, um, you know, like our tax dollars have gone to a public defender to work on this case until a prosecutor finally lets it go. But it's, 
it was pursued up until like an unreasonable amount of time. Well, any time was unreasonable, but a super unreasonable amount of time. And, and it ate into her life and her mm-hmm. parenting and like, and they of course wanted her just to plea mm-hmm. because that, and that would be a whole show talking about plea bargains. Well, even the whole idea of resisting arrest, I like, I've seen it several times. You're seeing these videos and you realize what resisting arrest means. It's like when they say, hey, no, wait a minute. I, yeah. I shouldn't be arrested. Now you're resisting. What? Yeah. What, are you, what the hell are you talking about? I'm resisting. And, and, and you, they chalk it up to, hey, resisting arrest. And what? Yeah. And disorderly conduct is when you're cursing back at the police officer. I'm going to get you for disorderly conduct. What? And do we really have those? It's like when we used to go to the movies and would have those uh, still against the law slides. Do you remember those? No. Like we sit in there, get there early for the previews because we like the previews. And it would say, did you know in Virginia it's illegal to eat an onion? Or there was something about like there was an onion law on there. (laughs) Somebody else, somebody other than me has got to remember this. Um, or it's illegal to kiss someone while a piece of hay is sticking out of your mouth or like whatever. But, but we don't actually want to live in a society where we have laws that you could go to jail for mm-hmm. um, cursing on the sidewalk, but we do. Mm-hmm. And people do. Wow. Anyway, I'm getting hot. I needed this. I hate Zoom. Yeah. I hate, I hate it. I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I don't even okay. know what else to say all about right. it. I just hate it. You I hate really it. hate Zoom, man. Ugh. I hear you. You do Zoom probably all day long. I can't. That's what I'm saying. And before, I was telling someone that before it was, you know, go, going to a, a, some kind of, you know, what, direct, not directors, if I was on a board or a commission or whatever. You get to go talk to people. I get to go and talk to people and yeah. socialize and. I get to leave. I get to tell my staff, hey, I can't. Hey, you know what? I can't do that paperwork. Can you get that for me? I, I got to go to this meeting, right? And it was a treat. Yeah. But now. You're on all these boards and commissions and stuff, and it is no longer a treat. It is no longer a treat when you have to sit there and Zoom. I yeah. hate it. Yeah, actually, somebody just asked me to be on some other board. I need to, I don't even remember now. And I was like, wow, that sounds cool. And then I was like, oh, no, it's it doesn't. It's going to be on Zoom. It's going to be on Zoom. For like another year. Mm, yeah, I'm going to have to get out of some stuff. I really am. Just, ugh. Anyway, this was fun. Yeah. All right, I mean, let's turn on the air. Turn on the air, man. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKees, LCSW, took place in Bloomington, Indiana on Saturday, August 15, 2020, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKees. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. I feel like I've just gotten slower and slower as this hour has gone on. Like I started with all this energy because I had coffee and Diet Coke and like three vitamin waters and another Diet Coke and then...